How do you honor God? By doing everything to the glory of God. Not just not sinning, not just, okay, you don't steal from people, but by making good shoes. If we're going to talk about you were a new creation, that means everything has to change. Why does God not just, you know, bring people to heaven immediately after being saved? It's because there's stuff to do here. There's a point to all of this. And if we're Christians, we do it better, or at least in theory. But if we really apply the standard that's set in scripture, then we know that no one is good because no one is God. We serve a storyteller. We serve a, a God who has a perfect plan, a sovereign will for every moment of history. It's not about going into the world to make artists. It's about going into the world to make disciples. This is The Christian Artist, honoring Christ through creativity. My name is Caleb. My name is Connor. And we are here once more with another episode of The Christian Artist. And uh, today we begin, no, we don't begin, we continue our month on art, on visual art. Uh, So we started last Monday on the second commandment, right? Thou shalt not make any graven images. Uh, And we talked about that because that's kind of in that category. And uh, we are going to continue and talk about like visual art in a more creative fashion. And today, Carly, would you like to tell us a topic of today? And talk about digital art versus traditional art. Yeah, because this is something that you have been kind of figuring out and yes. beginning to explore. I'm currently working on something. So. Nice. <laughs> Topical. Uh, yeah, so I thought, you know, this would be fun to... Um, to actually have an episode where Carly says things. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. You say things. Um, but uh, this will be a Carly-centric episode today. Uh, and Connor and I will just sit back and listen to uh, my wonderful fiance talk about art. So Yeah, come back there, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> so, so just, I guess, to, to preface this, right, um, we... We're talking about traditional art versus digital art. And so you, Carly, you have been doing traditional art, you know, like legit, you know, painting and drawing on actual paper and canvas and whatnot, right? For a long, long time. Uh, how long actually have you been doing? Like what, when did you first start doing that? I mean, since I can remember right, drawing that's anything, like just coloring. <laughs> that's fair. I, I feel like, I guess every kid does that. Like even yeah. if they don't continue. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, right. Like, and so just recently, uh, we were talking and then, uh, I don't remember how the conversation started, but we were talking about digital art and how, how cool it was. And then you're like, I need to get like an iPad so I can use procreate and make it a digital art. And so lo and behold, all of the computer programs frustrating, very complicated. complicated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It can be frustrating. But lo and behold, uh, your darling brother gave you an iPad <laughs> for Christmas. So, so here we are. And you've been doing some digital art. You want to talk about yes, it just I in have. general, I guess, first? Um, well, I've had to play around with the app a bunch and just get used to using it because I'm just not used to um, having so many different tools that I wouldn't usually be able to use in traditional art. Um, but also this app is just so conducive to drawing like you are working on a traditional art piece, but then it just gives you additional tools. Um, so 
it's been a fun time. It's definitely been kind of frustrating because I have to learn how to use layers and all of these different things that are on this app that I still don't know what they are. Um, but it's it's less overwhelming than it is educational. So cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have a lot to say from my point of view in terms because obviously neither Connor or I actually do any sort of visual art we suck at it um we're we're very bad at it but i have always had a very strong appreciation for digital art just because of the the way the how smooth you can make drawings uh given the the tools available um on computer programs and things like procreate and so i that's why i love pinterest honestly um is because there's so much cool digital art on there that you can just like peruse um people are brilliant um, but yeah, I mean, I guess like in terms of digital art versus traditional art, like what for you was the most challenging thing switching and, and trying to like get involved in a, in a new kind of version of the medium, you know, versus what was the easiest thing? Um... I feel like the most difficult thing was layers and they, that's the most difficult thing so far that I've run into because I'll just, I mean, audio people won't be able to see this, but if you're working on something, you have all of these different um, layers that go on top or below each other, which helps you separate out different like colors or different, um, you know, you can separate the sketch from the actual colored drawing and then you can turn off layers or turn on layers so that you're seeing them um, or you're not seeing them, but they're still actually part of the file. Um, and I had to figure out like the, just the logic of where to put layers um, to get the effect that I wanted, um, which I'm still kind of dealing with. And I think there, there's a limit actually on Procreate to how many layers you can have per file. Um, you probably have to pay to get more, but um, I've had to work with that and try to maximize how many things can go on one layer and still have it be functional. Um, mm -hmm. Easiest thing, I think just drawing itself, like the sketching process is really, really nice and convenient, especially with an Apple pencil. It's just, it's like drawing with a pencil and I don't notice much of a difference except for Procreate has the convenient aspect of being able to select certain parts of it and move them around and blow them up and make them smaller and fix um, your mistakes, distort the shape. Yeah. Um, and you can erase it. It doesn't leave any marks on the page. It is just gone. Um, so that's really nice. And you can put down a color. And then if you don't like that color, you can adjust the color. You can change the color completely. It's just so convenient. Nice. Uh, what so so far as you've been kind of like working on on stuff uh, what is like the thing and I honestly I was just thinking like I wish I would have set up an overlay um, where we could pop up images uh, yeah. and, and look at because I think it would be fun to like scan through some of the stuff if I had paid attention I've been so busy I just I, I was basically like oh Christian artist uh, okay here we go you know <laughs> um, but uh, is that different than 
than usual. Then it's or? not different than usual, but you know, okay. you know what I mean. <laughs> um, but I, I, the question I have, I guess, is like, so far as you've been doing this, what is your the thing you're most proud of, like work wise? Um, like, what's the piece you've you've done since you started kind of switching over that you're really Good happy with? Um. I was pretty happy with how the specifically the the shading on the body of the horror hell piece that I did for mm, yeah that was fun hellbreaker sequence um just because I hadn't tried to do anything super detailed yet yeah and I was finally kind of like I I definitely still don't love it um like I would have a better handle on how to do that stuff if I was doing it traditionally but I hadn't done that much realism with digital yet. Um, and so I was still pretty happy with how it turned out. Yeah. Um, you know what we need to do, Carl's? We need to get you a website. Yes. <laughs> we, we need to get you a website and have like a commissions page and like yeah. a, a, a gallery and stuff. Hmm. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, now I'm thinking about that. Yeah, I, I like that piece though yeah, too. I've, yeah, I've also been working on just a bunch of random, like kind of surrealist, just very colorful portraits um, that I haven't been making super detailed, but enough shading that it's the, the level of of um, realism that I'm kind of used to doing traditional art. Um, mm -hmm. And they're, they're stuff that I would possibly do, like prints of in the future if people would want to buy them. Um, but it's it's really fun to take just a, a random, you know, portrait that's in my head that I can just draw something and then do um, like one consistent thing to all of them. How can I make then, this weird? Right. They're colorful and um, like one of them... Well, two of them are very blue at the moment. Um, one of them is very like peachy, um, and then all of them have basically like beams shooting out of their eyes. That has just been fun to play with, with yeah. like the light and how that would work. Um, and I want to get more detailed with that to like um, figure out how that light would affect the contours of the face and everything. Yeah. Um, the one I'm working on now is is a little more realistic and so i might try to do that with, with that one nice connor do you have any th thoughts on art at all here that you can throw carly's way i mean i just think it's really fascinating that art used to be so physical hmm. and um now we have computers that can perform this art for us and we can perfect it in a way that uh like somebody with a like a not steady hand could never do before, but now we have so much more precision. Mm -hmm. um, which I'm sure there are old people that are like, "Oh, but that takes out the beauty of art," and yeah, and that type of a thing. Um, but at the same time, it allows for people to express um, these like pictures and images they have in their head in order to and actually like um show people without having to w without having the skill 
per se. But at the same time, there's still a skill of an eye for art that Carly has that I think you and I don't have of like, even, even with that type of technology, we would, we would still suck because we don't have the perception for art like Carly does. Yep. And, and it's even, it's interesting because it, it gives people that wouldn't typically resort to doing traditional art, but are more technically inclined um, to, you know, figure out how a like drawing program works just because they know how the computer aspect of it works. And then they start playing around with it. And um, it's just really interesting how it it can grab people that, that don't want to get paint all over themselves, but still want to play around with like making things like making cool things um, that look visually pleasing. Yeah, honestly, that's the only reason that I that that actually is directly applicable to me because I'm the kind of person who I love maps, but I would never be able to physically draw a nice looking map myself. But because there are so many programs that give you tools to be able to kind of aesthetically create a map with, you know, various um, where where it's doing some of the artwork for you, but obviously, you know, uh, a lot of it does still come down to you have to know what your what looks good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I've been able to not that I'm like super great at it or whatever, or, or whatever, but like that's the sort of thing that if technology like this didn't exist, I would never be trying it anymore. Like I did as a kid all the time, I would draw these dumb maps, and they are all <laughs> horrible. Um, but you know, having the tools now to be like, ah, okay, I know what this should look like, and this is helping me get closer to what the i what what I want it to look like. You know, what I should, um, what it should be, and and that's honestly that's the most frustrating thing for me as a creative person who loves sticking their finger in a bunch of different creative pies. Is visual art is still the one that just I can't get. You know, and I and I probably never will because I, I mean, and I, I could if I actually put the time into it, but I just don't have the time, right? Um, you know, I, I I can better spend my time working on the things that I'm already somewhat naturally talented at, so that I can it's easier to get better at those things. Yeah. Um, but you know, it'll be the thing where it's like I have this image. I still have one particular image. Um, from the original like Proanani books I was going to write a long time ago uh, were uh, Stryker um, in in the snow that I have an image of that in my brain a particular scene that I wrote for that like novel that I started and never finished that I I have always pictured in my brain I know exactly what it looks like but I I will never be able to see it right um, maybe I'll have you try to do that sometime. Yeah, Carly. I want to try to do that at some point. Okay, awesome. Thank you. <laughs> uh, that's actually been the cool thing. And honestly, I the more I'm thinking about this, the more I'm thinking we should just combine the two topics that we were considering into this one episode, mm-hmm. right? Because I feel like there we can kind of go back and forth between the two topics yeah. as we talk here. And the other topic we had was commissioned art. Um, and I, I feel like this is just all part of the same kind of encompassing thing here. Um, it's really fun for me as a creative person with lots of ideas to be able to have Carly and be like, Hey Carly, could you draw this thing for me? I know what it's supposed to look like. Uh, you should draw this thing. Um, but I, you know, I've been talking a lot, so I don't know if you want to, where you want to jump off from here. Um, but yeah, we could definitely. um, cause digital art. I think lends itself better to doing commissions. Yeah. Um, especially if 
you know, um, the, the person's not necessarily wanting a physical copy of it. Yeah. Um, or, you know, you could send them a file of a digital drawing and they can print it out on paper themselves. Yep. Um, like I've had some issues with mailing commissions this past, uh, well, I guess last year. Um, and I just don't like, I, I prefer to not have to mail anything out ever again. I do enjoy working on traditional commissions, but, um, and a, a lot of that is just my frustrations with the U.S. postal system, but, <laughs> um, but it, it makes, makes you more able to actually take an idea someone's giving you or a reference image someone's giving you and to, um, get it back to them in a more efficient way, I guess. Um, there's also a bunch of really cool things just on this app that I'm just going to keep freaking out about because it's amazing and I still can't get over how cool it is. Um, every file that you make on here, it will automatically basically record every stroke that you make on the, um, on the page and at the end, turn it into a time-lapse video of the whole thing, um, which is really cool. And that's one of the things that I've loved being able to just automatically have extra content related to the drawing, um, especially in making uh, Chrome Inquisitor's art for Caleb, just being able to not only take a sketch and do the line art for it, um, save both the line art and the sketch in nice files, um, but then take the sketch and duplicate that and make the whole sketch a different color. Um, and then also save the time lapse of the the actual drawing um has been really cool to be able to do mm -hmm. yeah it, it's been really fun you know just continuing on this on this tack um like it's been really fun for me to play art director um and i know you you've said to me and i'm not saying this to like brag but i'm excited about it that you are you're like you're a good art director um because like you, you know you I, I give you particular and specific direction yeah. based on the, the vision that's, I have for the piece. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things about commissioned art that can be really frustrating. Right. If the person that's commissioning you doesn't really know how to talk about art yeah. or what they want. Um, because I'll ask things like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, if I have determined that I'm doing this in a very specific way, like I'll do a traditional art piece and I'll do it monochromatic with like, um, you know, it's a semi-realistic, more like kind of cartoon style. Um, and I'll say, you know, what colors would you want for this? You know, pick one color along with black and white that would go with this, um, this image. And I will just have people not even respond to that question, just respond to another question that I've had in the like message. Um, and I think a lot of that is people just don't know, <laughs> which is fine. Um, but I've really enjoyed having someone tell me specifically what to change about something. Um, like I'll come to Caleb and be like, so this is what I have so far in the sketch. And he'll say, okay, actually the nose should be a little different and the clothing should be a specific way. Um, and he'll give me reference material for that. Um, and that's extremely helpful. 
and and it's been fun for me to play art director then because because of the particular person that I am, I have a very like strong vision for things, right? And so mm-hmm. I I know what I want it to be, and it's fun to to go back and forth with you on like making it perfect, right? Um, you know, not maybe not perfect, but you know, like make it fit <laughs> the vision. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of. Do you have Do you have a question or thought, Connor, uh, related to this? part no okay I, I have a joke yeah go ahead oh well, i was gonna say uh we have to have our obligatory is that a pagan symbol you're wearing carly <laughs> <laughs> right that you most of the in fact you, a trinity knot i was gonna yeah. say you can't so. actually even see it in the overlays oh okay there so you go. no one was no one was even thinking about it until you brought it up <laughs> connor yep well that's perfect it's just what i wanted yep so uh, I guess going just kind of b- bouncing back and forth here. What is the sort of stuff that inspires you generally, traditional or digital, right? Um, to make art, like what's the sort of stuff that like makes you want to draw things? Um, pretty much any other kind of art. <laughs> right, you get inspired by um, other visual art, particularly like animation yeah. specifically made me want to do digital art so much because just different animation styles and digital art styles Mm -hmm. I look at and I'm like, I want to do that. Um, Specifically, I found an artist on Pinterest before I was able to actually start doing digital art. And I just became obsessed with her work because it's so detailed, but not quite realism. Um, And it's extremely colorful. And that's, I, I love working with, bright colors so much so i was like oh my gosh this person is amazing um but her name's celia lowenthal and she just does like i literally i think some of the art that she does is stuff that's inspired by D D sessions that she does with her friends and they're just so like they tell a story in and of themselves and that's the kind of art that i want to eventually get into making is get so good at every particular aspect of art so that I can do a well-rounded piece that has, you know, a background and a subject character and a, a good composition and color scheme and everything um, that like actually tells a complete story with it rather than just a portrait <laughs> with yeah. a color for the background. Um, and so her stuff has been hugely influential and inspirational. Um, yeah, I have, I literally have her pieces as the background for my, uh, computer screen and my phone. Um, (laughs) so yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk maybe about a little bit, if you you have any other, um, detail on getting commissions from other people that are me, um, you talked a little bit about, about the frustration Mm -hmm. of not getting as much feedback as you want but what yeah anything else you want to say about that (laughs) another frustrating thing which i'm still in the process of being frustrated about um (laughs) is that uh i for a long time have felt really weird about taking money from people for Mm -hmm. my art yeah um like i've had i've had stuff in the canvas gallery 
back home. And that was less weird because it was like, okay, this is going to be displayed on a wall. And it's also a print. So I don't feel as weird about, you know, giving it away um, because it's not the original drawing. It's just a um, scanned and printed version of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I'd get a decent amount of money for that. So I didn't feel as weird because it was like a gallery owner saying, this is what this this is worth and we're going to sell it for that. Um, but I've, I've had to get used to like setting my own prices for stuff. Um, which is weird because I kind of have to evaluate that based on how much time it takes me, how much I actually enjoyed working on the piece. Um, and, uh, you know, what materials I use and put into it. Um, which can get tricky sometimes because it's like, well, how much is my time worth and how much is my enjoyment of working on this actually worth? Um, and also one thing that I have realized over the past few days that I need to start implementing the next time I do a round of commissions is, um, is um, requesting like half of the payment up front. Um, because I, I never liked the idea of doing that just because it feels like untrustworthy to me. Like I don't trust the people that um, are ordering commissions from me to actually pay me in full at the end. Um, and I usually just preferred to have them send me the money after it had actually physically gotten to them. Um, uh, but I recently um, had a bunch of people order commissions from me and I think there are still at least two people I haven't gotten money from. Um, one of them I haven't even been able to send out because the person hasn't gotten an address to me, but I completed the whole commission and everything. And it was a larger commission too. So it was worth more. Um, and if I would have gotten half up front before I started the piece, then I would have at least gotten some money. But as of yet, I haven't even been able to mail it out to them. So I haven't gotten anything. Um, so I, I've just gone through stages of realizing that I, I have to, if I'm going to sell things that I'm making, I have to actually, um, figure out what, uh, certain strictures I'm going to have in order to make that go smoothly, um, and actually work out efficiently. (laughs) Yeah. Makes sense. I feel like every artist goes through something like that where they have to, yeah. If if they're trying to like, you know, if they're if they're at a level where they are trying, you know, thinking about selling something, they they have to like go go through like, okay, what is this actually worse or worth? And like, mm-hmm. you always feel weird about that. Um, yeah. And and that's I have been on the opposite end of that a lot, where I've heard a lot of stories and stuff like that, and read a lot of stuff about. Um, the the way artists can be stingy or not, you know, stingy is the right word, too generous or whatever, right? With with that yeah. sort of stuff, and so I've always made a point to when I commission stuff from people, I I'm like, you tell me exactly how much this is actually worth, and I am paying you that. Like, do not cheapskate me. Right. Like, you tell me how much I I have to pay you. I, I need to pay you. Like, don't don't tell me what you feel. Com- you know, whatever, right? you know don't feel weird about it at all what is this worth to you and i will give you that um because that's sometimes i'm going to yeah put a link to 
Celia Lowenthal's website and chat. Oh yeah, I do. Cool. Um, not all of her stuff is actually on there though. So if you look her up on Pinterest, you'll probably find more stuff. Yeah. What we should do, Carl's, you should put together a little Google drive with some of your art in it. And I'll put a little yeah. link to that too in the liner notes. So people can kind of like look at some of the stuff that we're, we're talking about in this episode. Um, so like some of the surreal pieces, mm-hmm. the heart hell piece, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, and if you do want to see more of like Carly's art um, that we've been talking about too, you can check out Crow Inquisitors or Idol Inspiration, both of which she did the art for like the covers of and Crow Inquisitors. Yes. And I. Yeah. What are you saying? And I do have an art account that I have actually finally started using again. There you go. Um, on Instagram. So imago.day.art. D-E-I. Latin for God. Um, <laughs> and I've, I've posted pretty much everything I've done, except for recently. I guess I haven't posted on it in a while, but I've done some some stuff on there. And I post the final image and I post uh, the time lapse of the piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you are looking at the Chrome Inquisitors podcast, um, I've been linking the art for the various characters as we go through them uh, in there as well. Uh, and if you are a patron, it will be posted there too. Um, but yeah. Oh, oh. Oh, Carly, what if we add a Patreon level tier where you make them art? You make them a piece of art. That would be an interesting. Maybe. (laughs) It would be one of the higher ones, obviously. What? It would be one of the higher ones, obviously. Like, it'd be actually worth it, right? But yeah, I ain't got to think about that. Because we gotta we gotta start consolidating our the, the our household <laughs> empire here. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah. Cool. Uh. Any other general thoughts you have on your kind of journey with art right now, and what it's been looking like for you? Um. Well, one of the things I was just actually scrolling through a bunch of my old posts um, before we started recording. Um, and seeing some of my old traditional art, specifically when I was working with gouache for a while um, and realizing that I do miss that a lot, but I just currently with school and everything don't have the time to do stuff um, that involves me just sitting at my desk at home, physically working on a piece of art because the nice thing about doing an iPad and procreate is that I can take it into a class where I don't have to take notes um, and I can work on that while I listen to the lecture. Um, I, I take it into our disputatios, which is basically our school assemblies. Um, and I work on stuff then. Um, and it gives me that outlet, but I don't have to actually like sit down and take the time outside of my normal schedule to um, actually physically work on a piece. Um, but I, am very much looking forward to um, once school is out, being able to just set up my whole desk, clean it, and start working on some traditional pieces again. Um, Because I I think once I um, kind of experiment with uh, digital art more, 
um, and get more used to that. I would like to use digital art as, um, you know, occasionally I would do like large pieces with it, like really detailed um, for specific things, but I'd like to use it more as like a concept planning tool for bigger traditional works because I do miss doing that. So. Yeah, and obviously there's like stylistic differences and and pros and cons to each of them. Uh, and like, for example, um, Brandon Sanderson uh, really really likes Michael Whalen. Uh, he's a, a, a fantastic artist who does the covers for a bunch of his books. Um, and uh, he Michael Whalen actually like paints the the pieces yeah. like like traditional painting but then he has them like really high level digitally scanned to you know actually you know do yeah. prints and then on the cover right uh but brandon has made a point every single time he does the the piece he buys the original painting uh for probably a ridiculous amount of money and then puts it in his house <laughs> like he he yeah. still has the original way of king's cover the, the original painting that Michael wow. Allen did. And it's like when he's, he, he said like, this is my most prized possession because it's like the, like the first <laughs> piece of art Michael Whalen ever made for me. Uh, and he had always like really loved Michael mm -hmm. Whalen stuff. So. Um. Yeah. Ugh, and I, I love the fact that people will get so um dedicated to one artist because they get so interested in their style and everything that they make yeah. because everything that they make has that style yeah and that's uh it's just so fascinating to me in the way that god created humans mm -hmm. in that everything that we make has a similar vein even if you know i have very many different styles within all of the art that i make but it all kind of just feels similar to me yep um and that's just something that you can't really get away with. And so when that comes out in a way that um, really attracts someone to a specific artist, that's just really cool to me. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of things that attract me to y you as a particular artist. So, Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, cool. Let's see trying to think of other like questions i i realized that this episode what this episode actually is is carly pinch visual artist three right it's the the third installment of <laughs> us talking to you about about your art um yeah or maybe it's two but maybe we only did one episode of visual artist but i know we did two episodes of carly pinch and poetry um so this might be the second one of that i don't but. think so i don't think we did two on poetry or no, we've done several going going through my poems. Yeah, but maybe I remember but we haven't specifically yeah. done an episode on poetry. Maybe not. Yeah, I'll have to look at it again. But I think I'm probably just gonna because this is basically an interview with you about the various aspects of the art that you yeah. make, right? That's that's mainly what this is. Um, it would be fun sometime to have another visual artist to come on and have you guys talk back and forth um, mm -hmm. about this stuff because yeah, be I'm sure a lot will come out in that process to people who actually know what they're talking about uh going back and forth on the same thing <laughs> um let's see here um i definitely just looked up like i just googled like questions to ask artists um because that's the sort of thing that like jogs my brain sometimes about like ways to 
to do this. If I was more professional, I would have prepared a list of questions beforehand. I would have actually had an idea of what this episode was going to look like. But you know what? We pretend to be professionals here on The Christian Artist, and it works. <laughs> uh, Connor, do you have a question for Carly? You Did you ask Carly what her favorite piece was? Her favorite piece in general or her favorite piece that um, she's done? Favorite piece that she's done. Yeah, in general, I guess. Or, or, or yeah, like, specific, like, like overall, overall probably. Yeah. Like what what's the favorite thing that you're Oh gosh. Yeah. Your favorite piece. I am still really happy with, and I currently don't know where in the world it is, but I'm cur- I'm That's still really happy with how the Dylan portrait turned out that Wait, I did. You still don't know where that is? Um, the colored, big colored one. No. Oh, I thought it, I thought you had it for the longest time. And I also thought after I realized you didn't have it, it was at my parents' house and I didn't find it. <laughs> now they're moved Weird. out. So, <laughs> huh. I want to rifle through your things again to see if you have it because I'm convinced that you do. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I don't because I would have. I mean, I, I right when I packed everything up, I would have like noticed something like that. Um, but I, I sent. I specifically sent a cardboard tube with that drawing, I believe, and the Mistborn poster back with you after you visited Washington. I think. That so. sounds familiar. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll look through my stuff again. Um, Keep in mind, there's been a lot of stuff that has been lost to time at our parents' house. Very true. Yes, very true. No, I I sent it back with him to Moscow. I'm pretty sure it was right uh, after he had moved and then came to Washington to visit. Oh, really? When you start interrogating your roommate, that that scene. Okay, we well, it's probably just in the closet. Then I'll I'll, I'll look. Um, anyway, probably <laughs> I do have it. I do. We do have the digital scan of it at the very least, um, for the Elysian road art. Right. Book. Yeah. So that exists. It's not completely lost. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I like your, your art for, for the, um, Elysian road characters too. It'll be fun when I get to Elysian road in the podcast conversion, because then I'll have you do, do those again, but like with digital art versions mm. you know yeah oh that would be so fun mm-hmm. the colors i know <laughs> all of the nice effects i can do i can just do a nice gradient of blended color yep. instead of doing it by hand and killing my hands <laughs> <laughs> yep 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 but yeah i mean it's 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 been a lot of fun to as as you know Carly and I are in the same town and, and I'm working on a lot of stuff right now and being able to just, because that was what originally kind of led this whole thing off was I was, we were talking about digital art and then I was saying like, man, it would be so cool if you could do digital art for me, like to, you know, this sort of, you know, for Chrome Inquisitors and all that stuff. And, and then Carly started getting excited about that idea. And then when she got the iPad, I was like, all right, here are my commissions. And like, I laid out like a whole big list of stuff so i wanted to do her, right? you're paying her good i am paying her by marrying her and supporting her for the rest of her life so uh, that's uh Indeed. like the old testament like uh yeah. 
bridle. He gets free work thing. out of me for forever. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. All right. It's but it's not free work because <laughs> you, I'm I I have to give you a bunch of money because I have yes. to feed you and clothe you and <laughs> right. But you're also just marrying me, whether or not I'm doing work for you in the first place. True. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. But no, then I was just going to say, like, it's a lot I'm of fun just going to work for you for the rest of your life in that way. Also, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, I was just saying, it's it's a lot of fun to just be able to work with Carly on those sorts of things and be like, like this is stuff that I'm working on and to kind of get the, the full range of the art spectrum on any particular project to be like, all right, Chrome Inquisitors is literally going to have everything, right? It's going to have the role-playing game aspect. It's going to have the storytelling. It's going to have original fiction. It's going to have music made by me. It's going to have behind the scenes, fun stuff. It's going to have visual art. And it's really cool to like, because of the way that we've um, always talked about these shows, the role-playing game shows, We've always imagined them as multimedia experiences, right? I'm always like talking about if this was a TV show, this is what we'd see, right? And, you know, in the special collector's edition box set, you would have this this page <laughs> from Ari's notebook, right? Like, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, we're going through it and actually like making it into like a con- consolidated and updated thing with all of that extra stuff actually created and out there is a supremely satisfying experience uh and i gotta i mean chrome inquisitors has stressed me out but it is every time i time i come back to it i'm like oh this is worth it like i i love it so much like i love to be able to fully realize something that i have been thinking about for forever so and carly is a major piece of making that happen so thanks babe yeah. Cool. So, any other thoughts on digital art versus traditional art, commission pieces? So I feel like we've covered most of our bases here, but I, I don't want to end early unless you feel like you've touched the, the gamut. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Yeah, so digital art wins. Is that you're saying? Not necessarily, <laughs> but it's a fun tool. Yeah. It's it's very, very helpful. Um, just another one of those, you know post-mail moments for me as an artist being like this this is good (laughs) yeah for sure yeah and it just it makes the accessibility is so much easier with digital art um because you can it's so much easier to be like let's put it everywhere right (laughs) yeah I've, i've really really enjoyed um specifically i mean you you having the ability now to be able to like more finely hone your craft through digital art has i've noticed a, a drastic difference in in like your the quality of your artwork not that it was like bad before but like just in terms of like leaps and bounds of like what you're able to do now that you weren't able to do before um because of the mm-hmm. the kind of dam that was broken um in terms of the creative tools you have at your disposal is really really fun really cool 
I'm just a sucker for digital art too. I love it. I adore it. Yeah. So. <laughs> you have any last thoughts on digital art or any other art related topic, Connor? No. Like like we said at the beginning, uh, we are not good at uh, art. <laughs> Mickey doesn't mean you don't have thoughts about art, Connor. <laughs> oh yeah, but well, I mean I have thoughts about art but it's more just like well that painting is cool <laughs> yeah I like that right i couldn't really describe like what makes it good but i could tell you one of the <laughs> um one of the things that i've um didn't used to think and have come to think more and more as I've just continued to make art and look at art, um, I used to kind of scoff at the idea that you had to understand all of the different principles of art and what makes art good just objectively to the eye um, in order to make good art, in order to, you know, enjoy art. Um, But as I've learned more, I'm like, oh, this is, especially as I've been learning about music at NSA and how there are very specific things that just objectively, naturally, as part of our biology, um, just sound good to us or sound bad. Um, there are things in our our eyes and how we see the world and how we um, view just things that are, um, you know, concepts that are put on paper that. Um, you know, all of all of the principles that make an art piece what it is are there for a reason. Um, and that is ultimately part of God's plan in how he wants how he wants the world to be seen by people. Um, because if you can understand similarly to if you can understand, you know, all of the different modes in music and all of the different, um, you know, the scales and chords, um, all of the different note lengths and everything. Uh, if you can understand that listening to music is a whole different experience. Um, if you can see, if you can know all of the different aspects of art, when you think about uh, color schemes, um, how colors relate to one another, composition, um, where something is on a page and where your eye actually naturally goes to um, and like what textures do and everything uh, it makes a huge difference to, to not only how you look at art, but how you actually choose to make art too, because it's not just like, Oh, I know. I know that this looks good because I think it looks good. It's, I know it looks good because it objectively follows these rules of art that most people enjoy looking at. Um, just similar to music, you know, Caleb, you don't know how to read actual music, but you can, you know, hear things and know that it sounds good but I bet objectively it would line up with things that most people actually think music um, like should sound like because yeah, because of you know. the, the actual objective, like nature yeah. of harmonies and yeah, so on and so forth. What What's fun about that concept is that that principle uh, goes across all art mediums, yeah. but then in, in the same way, right? Like it's, there's an aspect to it where, you know, um, you there are actual like legitimate rules of 
storytelling and music and visual art and whatever that are like objectively like this is good um but when you take the all of the numerous pieces that go into each piece of art um sometimes you break those rules and you do it for very particular reasons and it does ultimately still come back to the way that objectively these things work but because there are so many moving pieces it's not as simple as saying well music sounds this way always and should be this way always because yeah. there's so many nuance you know bits of nuance to what makes something enjoyable or not enjoyable that even if you understand you know the, the more you understand about the fundamentals of a particular art the more you can like you probably there's like you know it's like the bell curve thing right where like you're, you're at the the bell curve meme where when you're stupid it's like right. you know um <laughs> this sounds good and um i'm thinking of how to try to trying to how to trying to think of how to do the meme now uh with this particular thing but it's like more i guess more a sliding scale where it's like you you you're like a person who is like yes that sounds good i don't know why and yeah. then you get to the middle right and it's like uh this I know all the pieces. I know the way music works now. So this is the way you have to do it. And then you get to the uh, the last part of the bell curve meme and you're like, no, this sounds good. And I know why, but it doesn't always like there's only not one particular way to do it because of how nuanced it is. Um, yeah. And I don't know how easy, there was probably an easier way to say that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, right. but, if, yeah. if you have, if you're putting together an art piece, and you choose to use um, two specific colors in conjunction with each other, it will, no matter what the two colors are, it will give you a specific idea. Um, It will give the viewer a very specific reaction. Same with composition. You know, if you put, if you put a portrait with only like half of the face in the corner um, it's going to have a very different emotional reaction from people looking at it than centered or according to the um, uh, rule of thirds where something is is on a point in a grid. Um, you know, it's and, and as an artist, you have to intentionally know why certain things work and don't work and play around with them in order to get the reaction that you want. Um, which sometimes means specifically breaking the rules that makes things look good and pleasing in order to make things not look that way, but still have the desired intent. Yeah. In, in like, I think the way that Brandon Sanderson refers to writing a lot is, is this exact same thing where it's like, you have to understand the rules in order to break them. Um, and, and I think, I think it's important because, because I think the bell curve meme here works really well just because like, I feel like there is a middle line of people where they're like, this is how objectively these things work. And because of that, there's only one right way to do these things and whatever art, art style you're looking at. Right. Um, but that's not the end all be all to art. Right. It's not. And we're not even saying that art is subjective. We're saying like there are rules to art. And there are ways to break those rules that make better art, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's when one you... Of the, yeah. One of the things that I always come back to in my head is when I was researching for my um, studio art project that I did uh, my senior year, 
And I was looking at the difference between the art before the Reformation in the Catholic Church and after the, or during, or during and after the Reformation um, that more Protestant artists were putting out. And the difference is like very plain to see because you go from having these very amplified and like almost holy looking people as subjects in this art that were always wearing, you know, very expensive looking clothing, very rich colors. Um, usually, uh, especially if it was Christ, they'd have like the halo around them. Um, and then you get to reformed art and you see reformers and Protestants depicting normal everyday people doing everyday things in less, um, exuberant colors there would there would occasionally be which is why i implemented this in my project there would occasionally be very bright colors but they wouldn't be um all over the piece they would be like very concentrated in one spot um and so you get this kind of art that's um you know very much reflective of what that culture change was um because you go from the church uh the catholic church elevating any, you know, holy calling or, um, vocation within the church above any other, um, just normal vocation to then the reformers saying, no, every kind of work, um, not every kind, but most, <laughs> you know, jobs that you can be doing are great and they glorify God. And they decided to depict that with art. Um, you know, there were a lot of paintings just of mothers with their children um, which is just really cool to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. It's in, in, I guess the, the only last thing I'd, I'd say about that, like general topic is, um, you know, knowing as, as I said before, you're like knowing the rules helps you know how to break them and break them in the right way that yeah. makes, that makes art that is still ultimately following the rules, right. In right. a weird roundabout way. Yeah. Um, but it, but it's understanding those things. It's understanding that because it's not that art is subjective, it's that art is nuanced. And yeah. the more you understand about it, the more nuanced you realize that it is. Um, and how there are very, there are transcendentals that make art good, but those transcendentals aren't necessarily always found in the same ways. And I think that's probably mm -hmm. the best way I can say it. Yeah. Like there is, there is something innately beautiful about both the Roman Catholic artwork yeah. and the reformed artwork. Um, they just have very different contexts. Yeah. Um, and they can both be seen to be following or breaking certain rules, but they're still beautiful. Yeah. Um, like I was having a conversation with, um, and now we're definitely getting off on a rabbit trail, but I, I was having a conversation with uh, Thomas the other night. We just finished watching Baby Driver, um, which is a fantastic movie, a little bit vulgar, wouldn't recommend it to everybody, yes. um, but really fun movie. Um, and we were talking about the concept of relatability after we watched the movie and, and Thomas was kind of pushing back on, on me about like, you don't need relatable characters to make a good story. And I, I pushed back on that and basically said like, well, I mean, that's a, 
like obviously it doesn't work the same way every time right there's there's a very large category that is relatability and it's can we see ourselves somewhere right in this in this art and and i think that is a thing that is pretty much always necessary though not necessarily in the way that people that's that's obvious um right it's impossible for us to look at a story completely devoid of any where we can't understand why something is happening based on our like the way that we understand how humans work right it's impossible to in, to really enjoy or understand a story like that um but and that's because relatability as a concept is broad enough um but 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 still has limits uh and and you know us as people we need things that we can relate to in some aspect uh though you know the thing that thomas was pushing back on is he was saying like but some stories can be aspirational right like we should aspire to be like this even if we aren't and i was like but that's still relatability right we as humans aspire to things and that is just another level of how we can relate to something if we see someone being a paragon of justice that is something we aspire to be so there you go that's relatability most of the time we need to temper that a little bit with does this person have any flaws whatsoever if they don't it's going to be very difficult to relate to them not impossible there are other factors that you can input but but at some level somewhere the story needs to be relatable uh it, it needs to and and that's ultimately what i mean and this is what thomas said too he was like what about jesus what about the story of jesus that's not relatable like we aren't jesus and i was like yeah but jesus was a man right jesus was a human man who came to earth had and and like hebrews specifically goes through like this is like he came because he needed to be a human because he needed to be relatable he, he needed to relate to us right uh he needed to be relate to us so he could be our high priest that's the only way this would work mm -hmm. um and so there are there are transcendentals in any piece of art um, that are going to be there every time, but sometimes they don't quite appear in the way that we think. Um, and the more skilled an artist you are, the more I think you can understand how those transcendentals still fit into the artwork and still will appeal to people, even though they themselves won't necessarily understand why. Um, but it's because you are able to pick apart the pieces and say, yes, this is relatability. This is a, a subjective you know, or an objective thing about this visual art that will be appealing. Um, even if at first glance, someone's like, this is so different from this other piece of art that I know is objectively good. How are these both good? Right. And it's because there's a lot more pieces in, in going into play to any piece of art than just here are the mathematical formulas <laughs> yeah right anyway tangent <laughs> connor you have any other tangents for us to get on nope <laughs> <laughs> well cool this was fun um we will i don't know what we're gonna talk about next week because we just exhausted the rest of our month in this episode we'll figure it out this has been the christian artist you can find us on twitter at christ underscore art underscore show at facebook at facebook.com slash christian artist show and their website at christian artist show.com you can find all of our other podcasts 
on calebempowers.com. Links to everything is there. That's the hub for if you want to look at anything that's going on with us. Um, you can go to our Patreon, give some give some money there, support the podcast, uh, get a shout out. I haven't been doing shout outs, so let's do it right now. Shout out to my patrons right now, including Emily Valdez, Alyssa Albi, Josh Vincent, and the new newest newest um, patron, Gurno the Clonkerer. Uh, that's his. That's not his real name. That's how he goes by on the internet, and I don't think he necessarily wants me to share his real name. So, uh, yeah, he he just uh, just gave on Patreon, and uh, he did the, like the ten dollar level. So he he created a character to insert into Terranolius. Um, oh, nice. So so that'll be fun to 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 insert. Uh, tomorrow we got Hellbreaker sequence, the very uh, final episode of the Hellbreaker sequence, at least for you know the first whatever series this is. I don't know if we'll, we're in theory, we're coming back to it at some point, but we'll see. Um, and after that, man, it's orphans, it's orphans in American dream time. I'm, I'm pumped about that. Yeah. It, it'll be, it'll be very interesting start times though. Because <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. Work Tuesday. So yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, if we say we did, uh, let's say for you it would be 8 to 11 is 8 a thing you could pretty much make most of the time not always but yeah that's probably easier to make than 7 yes yeah and and, and, if, and I good if I like know ahead of time I can always be like yeah. oh I'm probably going to get done early today and we can do 7 instead but yeah, yeah. And, and I feel like honestly we've been pushing it back more and more uh, when we actually get started with that Um, and I feel like 8 Eight to eleven with a you know hour and a half and then a break and then another hour and a half and a break is probably going to work fine and and might be a good thing to aim for for that. Uh, but yes, anyway, I am excited about orphans. I'm excited to just be a character again. Um, we also have Terranolius this Thursday, which is fun because today actually the day we're recording this episode is the third anniversary of the beginning of that campaign, which means we're going to have a fun special anniversary episode next week, um, which will be, which will be or not in the, this week, this th- Thursday, which will be a host of fun. Uh, I believe Death Under Madness is also going to happen this Friday, maybe, question mark. We'll see. I'll ask. And new episode of, well, I mean, Chrome Inquisitor stuff is releasing all this week, too. We've, I took a little bit of a hiatus from it because uh, schedule was crazy and I needed a little bit of a break. Um, but we are we're back and rolling. I need to record the rest of this original fiction short story thing I wrote for Theo and we're going to get it up tonight. And uh, we'll have more bonus stuff through the week and then a new episode of Chrome Inquisitors on Saturday. It'll be fun. It'll be good. I'm busy. It's fun. Does anyone else have anything else to say? Connor's shaking his head. All right. I forgot that we have an audio podcast yet, no. <laughs> That's it all. We're done. See you.